And so we come to today's Bible reading, and uh, it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 1. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptised into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Thanks to God for that reading from his word. And I'm going to hand over to Peter now, who's going to speak into those words of scripture. Now it's my time to add my welcome to you this morning. My name is Peter Hope. My wife Ursula and I have been attending NCBC for the last two and a half years. As we continue in our summer series, Forward in Your Faith, we come to the subject of baptism. As I'll share with you in a moment, it's ironic that I should have been asked to speak about this particular topic. Now, most people participating in this service are associated with Norwich Central Baptist Church, and there's a clue in the name. And many of you have been baptised already. So what can I say this morning that can be of any relevance to you? Well, I will be speaking to you primarily, though not exclusively, because as I've prepared this message, I've also had in mind those of you who might say of yourselves that you're exploring faith or exploring the faith, that is, the Christian faith. You may not be a regular attender but at NCBC, but you may have a friend, a neighbour, a work colleague, uh, a member of your family who is a Christian and you're curious to know more. You may have stumbled across our church website or YouTube channel by accident, and you're here because you want to find out more. I hope that as you listen in, you will feel welcome 
and able to follow the message and understand the challenge that baptism presents to those who want to follow Jesus Christ. You may be aware that most Christian churches baptise infants by sprinkling water on their heads and making the sign of the cross, although some Orthodox churches fully immerse the child in water. This is to symbolise usually the washing away of sins. Others, like we here at NCBC, only baptise those old enough to give a credible account of their faith, and they are baptised by total immersion. This is to symbolise death, burial and resurrection as they identify with Jesus who died, was buried and was raised on the third day. In a spiritual sense they too have died to sin. The old way of life is put out of the way and now they live the new and distinctive life of a true Christian. One reason for celebrating past baptisms as we have this morning is to let you see how we do this at NCBC. I've also had in mind those who are exploring baptism. You've come to the point in your life when you want to make it known that you want to live the rest of your life identified as a disciple of Jesus. Perhaps you're one of the young adults or children here at NCBC, or even someone of more mature years who's now reached this point of commitment. I want to encourage you this morning to approach one of our church leaders and start the ball rolling. Of course, if you are a young person still under the care of your parents or a guardian, you should speak to them in the first instance. If it would help, I can send you a copy of this book on baptism, Believe and Be Baptised by Victor Jack. It's a short paperback book with teaching on the subject, as well as a question and answer section at the end of each chapter. If you'd like to receive one, then please get in touch with the church office with your details and I will make sure that one gets sent out to you. You'll find the email address for the church office in the comment section to the side of your screen. It's only in the last couple of years that I've been coming to a Baptist church. I was the only one in my family to be baptised as an infant in the Church of England parish church near where we lived. I attended Sunday school later and other activities for children which were part of the ministry of that church. In my mid-teens I attended confirmation classes and was presented to the Bishop of Dover who duly laid hands on my head and prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now this was not a meaningless ritual to me nor did I treat it as a rite of passage, as some do, because long before then I had asked Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour, and so I really was confirming my faith. But I soon became convinced, through reading the Bible for myself, that believer's baptism was the best way to come out as a Christian. 
For many years I did not think that I should be baptised by total immersion because I felt I'd already made public my profession of faith in Jesus Christ. But eventually, in my early thirties, I decided to do so as a simple act of obedience to my Lord. That's my story. So let me encourage those of you who have yet to take action for themselves to take the first steps in that process. Now let me include in the rest of my message those of you who have been baptised already and who are looking to move forward in your faith. Here is my starting point. All Protestant churches recognise only two practices that are commanded by the Lord Jesus himself, baptism and communion. All his disciples should be baptised and they should remember him and his death by sharing a simple celebration of bread and wine. In the early centuries after Jesus' death and resurrection, these two practices became known as sacraments. When I was preparing for my confirmation, I was directed to a definition of a sacrament which I found helpful. It was originally penned by Augustine of Hippo, a Roman African theologian and philosopher. A sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. An outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. When a Christian is baptised, it can be witnessed. When Christians share communion, it can be observed. These are outward acts which point to the fact that those who enact these things associate themselves with Jesus Christ as a matter of personal faith and commitment. They've had a change of heart and no longer live for themselves, but for him. I particularly wanted to introduce the word sacrament to you because of its associations. It was not used by Christians to describe these two rituals until the third century after the death and resurrection of Jesus. It comes from a word from the Latin language which the Romans spoke. The word was sacramentum. It was the oath of allegiance of a Roman soldier. He swore the oath at the beginning of his military service. He renewed that vow immediately after every battle. And it also became part of the ceremony when Roman troops were put on parade at the turn of each new year. Collectively, they swore obedience to the emperor and to the Republic. So a Roman soldier declared, I shall faithfully execute all that the Emperor commands. I shall never desert the service. I shall not seek to avoid death for the Roman Republic. Apply that to the sacraments in which Christians participate at the beginning of my service, 
as a disciple of Jesus, I step forward to be baptised. I swear to obey his orders, to never desert my post and to never avoid death for the sake of his kingdom. And every time I share in communion, as I remember that Jesus was willing to lay down his life for me, I renew the vow I made to live and die for him. I want to advise those of you who are contemplating baptism. This step is a very serious one. It's not to be undertaken lightly. And I want to challenge you who have been baptised and who share in communion regularly by asking you, is this your attitude as you participate? Several weeks ago, Ursula and I were reading through the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, which we have in the New Testament section of our Bibles. When we read the 10th chapter of the first letter, my attention was drawn to the word baptism as it appeared in verse 2. And this was the chapter that we had read to us a few moments ago. In that verse, Paul refers to our forefathers who were all baptised into Moses. Most of you will recognise who is being referred to, but for the benefit of those not so familiar with the Bible and its message, let me try and set the scene. By the forefathers, Paul is, is writing about the people known as Israelites. The origins of this extended family are found in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. One of the most well-known members of this family is Joseph whose story has become familiar to so many in the last 50 years, not because they've read the Bible, but because they've seen the Tim Rice, Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Rising to prominence as the Pharaoh's right-hand man after some spectacular ups and downs, Joseph has the authority to bring his father, his brothers and their families into Egypt, a place of food security in a time of severe famine in that part of the world. The second book of the Bible, Exodus, takes up the story of this family over four centuries later. Joseph's major role in the survival of Egypt has long been forgotten and the Israelites are now an enslaved and subjugated minority, despite numbering about two million or so. A new champion emerges, Moses. Although born into a humble Israelite family, by a set of remarkable circumstances, he is adopted into the Roman, uh, sorry, the royal family, and is privileged to receive an education and become immersed in the culture of Egypt without losing his sense of identity as an Israelite. It is this Moses who is called by the God of the Israelites to go and negotiate for the release of his enslaved people and to lead them back to their ancestral homeland. 
The larger part of the book of Exodus is devoted to recording this rescue. It's a rescue that required a great demonstration of the power of Israel's God, including raining down plagues upon Egypt to loosen the Pharaoh's iron grip on his slaves. The tenth and the last of these was the most devastating when the angel of death passed over the land and every unprotected household lost their firstborn sons. Then God showed his power by making an escape route through the Red Sea while protecting them with a cloud to cover them in the daytime and a fire to cover at night. Further to that, these two million people were provided daily with food and water. These were the forefathers of Israel and they were baptised into Moses. That is, they accepted his call by God to be genuine and they accepted his leadership at that time. They were spared the plagues. They were shielded through the Passover. They were separated by the cloud from the army pursuing them after Pharaoh had changed his mind about releasing them. They were saved through the Red Sea. They were supplied in the desert. In all these things they were identified with Moses. Their rescue, their freedom was all bound up with him. He was the saviour that God had provided for them. Christians, similarly, are those who are baptised into Christ. They have accepted Jesus' call by the Father and have accepted his leadership. They look to him and follow him wherever he leads. In baptism, the Christian goes under the water to symbolise that he or she has died in his death. That is, has died to sin, died to the old way of life. As he or she comes up out of the water, it symbolises that he or she has been raised in his resurrection. That is, raised to make a fresh start in life one which is devoted to living for Jesus Christ by the power of his Spirit. In all these things they are identified with Jesus. Their rescue and their freedom from sin are all bound up with him. He is the Saviour that God has provided for them. Being baptised into Christ opens up many benefits to the believer. Among them are these, they, they are spared condemnation. They no longer come before God uh, to be judged for their sin. They are shielded by God's power throughout their lives. They're separated from the world. They're saved from sin and they're supplied with spiritual gifts and graces whereby they can grow in their understanding and they can serve others within the church. 
Now, the Apostle Paul, in his letter, issues a warning. The Israelites, eager to secure freedom from their slavery, had at first followed Moses. However, their faith in him soon fell away. Their baptism into Moses was not genuine. Of the hundreds of thousands of the adults who were counted on leaving Egypt, only two survived to enter the ancestral homeland. Because of their rebellion, they were condemned to wander around in the desert region for nearly 40 years until they'd all died. They were not allowed to enter the land God had promised to give them. Only their children completed the journey. The acts of rebellion are listed by the Apostle Paul. He writes of idolatry, making and worshipping gods like those the Egyptians worshipped, immorality, treading down the boundaries around sexual behaviour that God had set, impudence, stubbornly rejecting God's leading and following their own inclinations, and grumbling, stubbornly complaining about everything, even though they were such a remarkably privileged people. Here is the warning for those of us who are baptised into Christ. Is your baptism truly a sacrament, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace? Is it genuine? then prove it by the way you live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow his teaching and his example. In his teaching he says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's one of our verses for 2020. He said, Deny yourselves and take up your cross daily and follow me. How challenging is that for us? Prove it by following other teaching given in the Bible, including the teaching of the Apostle Paul. He wrote to the Roman church, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. And he said of himself, as he wrote another letter, the one to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And in the same uh, book that we've been looking at, the same letter in 1 Corinthians, towards the end of that letter, he even makes this remarkable statement, I die daily. Despite these very sober warnings and the challenges given to us, the chapter actually ends on a note of great encouragement. The temptation to go back to our old ways, to 
take the easy choice to lay down the cross, the symbol of our death, need not overcome us. Firstly, God is faithful. He also knows our limits. And thirdly, he will help us endure trials without falling into sin. There's always a way of escape. We can always be rescued as we look to our God to demonstrate his power on our behalf and keep us in the narrow way that leads to life. As I conclude the message that I've shared with you this morning, let me direct you once more to that Roman soldier's oath of allegiance, his sacramentum. Let me make it into the Christian's oath of allegiance, the public declaration made at our baptism and the public declaration every time we share together in communion. I shall faithfully execute all that the Lord Jesus Christ commands. I shall never desert his service and I shall die daily for the sake of his kingdom and his glory. I wonder, will you reaffirm that today?